to be completely honest, also, I think that there is this pressure, you know, once you say that you're starting something, you have to finish it or you have to keep it going or you have to keep this front of like, yeah, like this thing is it's growing, it's doing well. And I think I am very proud of what I've done so far. But there is a little bit of hesitation of, you know, like that's a lot to kind of dive into. But I, it I makes totally feel, get it. Yeah. Thank you for like letting me unpack it because I was like, oh, no, like I don't want it to seem like I'm giving up. <laughs> like if I'm having these doubts because <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. It just might look differently than than becoming Issa Rae. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. All right. I am Karen Kahn, and I'm very excited to be sitting here with the one and only Mickey Hernandez, founder of Mix Kids & Co., which is an online community and media company celebrating those who check off more than one box. Mickey, I can't wait to hear about all the boxes that all the people check that you serve. And what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, my name is Mickey Hernandez, and I'm obsessed with anybody who has multiple boxes to check off because I have a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> And are the boxes related specifically to race or ethnicity, where you're from? Is it lots of boxes or is it is it race? It comes from filling out any type of form that asks for your race or ethnicity and, you know, having maybe only five options or having where you can only choose one versus check all of that apply. But really, I think, you know, outside of race and ethnicity, it can talk about all of the different boxes we check as an artist, as a businesswoman, as a daughter, you know, like it's it's really trying to encourage people to think of ourselves as intersectional beings versus like I am this one thing. Um, because I think a lot of us have to navigate different different rooms, different spaces, and we can fluctuate between those. And we might be feeling more this one day. Or for some people, it's, it's not possible to just check one box. Um, they might be an immigrant. They might be adopted. So, yeah. That's really fascinating. So if I may ask, what boxes do you check? Absolutely. So I... I, I grew up in California, so I consider myself, you know, I'm fully American, but my parents are very mixed. My mom is black and Polish Jewish, and my dad is Mexican American and Native American and Spanish. So it's it's always been, you know, a fun a fun exercise when I have to check off the census form. I'm like, I'm kind of like half of these all of these most of these <laughs> <laughs> so what do you check i'm i'm very curious so let's think of the things that we need to so besides for the u.s census which i guess is like as good of a case study as any but like did you i don't want to assume you went to college did you go to college i did yes great okay so when you applied to college what'd you check off i usually check off other and then i write it in 
or if there's a multiracial box, I'll check that off um, because it feels like I'm denying parts of myself if I just choose black, if I just choose Hispanic. And even with that, too, I think I've kind of grown into my own identity as I've gotten older. But in college, I, I don't think I had permission to check off just one. I didn't feel like I was enough of it to fully claim it, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And do you think that that's, that feeling is going to go away? Or are you just embracing it? Or did you build a business because of that? I Yes. So I started off with a personal blog to kind of talk about, you know, my own journey and, and understanding my identity more. And then it spilled over into a podcast where I started interviewing other people who had, you know, not similar mixes as me, but had some type of multicultural background. I've literally just been collecting data from other people I speak with. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, I like that. And I like that. And and so I think where I'm at currently is I don't I don't think I need to have a full answer all the time for, you know, what I am or who I am. It's I'm multiple things. I think it's so fascinating because women tend to, and this is a good thing, we tend to start businesses to solve problems that we ourselves are facing. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool that you have started a business for a global community of people who are diverse within themselves. They have diverse makeups. And I think it's brilliant and it's so needed, obviously. So I want to sort of get to uh, letting the people know. So as everyone knows, you're here to listen to live coaching. Can you tell the listening audience, just give us your one minute elevator pitch. Just tell us about the business, how you kind of got into this. Tell us the problem that you want us to help you solve today. Absolutely. So Mixed Kids and Company has been evolving over the last three years now, starting off as kind of a personal exploration, then talking to people via a podcast. And then last year, thanks to Karen and the iPhone Women team, along with American Express, I received a grant to expand it even more. So now there's, you know, the blog is very beautiful. It has like professional design and I'm interviewing people and writing articles with creatives and entrepreneurs who have these mixed or multicultural backgrounds. And I also was able to write a children's book that is, you know, tied into my own kind of personal story and get that out to market. So now I kind of have the basis of, you know, a blog, podcast, book, multimedia company, how in the world can I maintain the integrity of supporting diverse businesses, you know, people who might be independently working? How do I monetize that in in an ethical way that sits well using, you know, is it traditional advertising? Is it sponsored posts? Like how do I kind of get this out to a bigger audience by getting funding that is in a way that doesn't make me feel like icky because I'm, you know, having these big banner ads of <laughs> giant companies. <laughs> oh, banners. No, no. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's a great question. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of follow-ups. So first of all, you move fast. I saw you on Amazon and I was like, oh my gosh, she's got like blowing up on Amazon. It's like, I've seen your journey a little bit here and there, but like, I kind of just get the chills when I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just like, so recently, and you took that money and flew. 
Well, first of all, <laughs> congratulations because entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs in the earliest days, they don't celebrate anything. You've got to celebrate all the wins. The fact that you put out a beautiful children's book, tell the people what the book is called. It's called Cake Mix, Learning to Love All Your Ingredients. Yeah. I mean, it's very cute. It's so great. <laughs> okay. Question. Have you monetized at all besides for the book? Uh, meaning, have you ever had a sponsor that you have worked with? No. I've only been making money directly from book sales. Got it. Okay. So you know you need to dip into the world of sponsorship. Yes. Okay. All the brands that support iPhone Women of Color and iPhone Women, period, are those brands. And there are thousands of CPG brands. So like take Cheerios, for example. They <laughs> did a Super Bowl ad with two dads and their family enjoying Cheerios. And it was the first time a major brand had done a, any kind of major ad, but let alone a Super Bowl ad, showing people that weren't a, fam a family of a man and a woman. And what that says to me is that there really are brands out there that, yes, they're targeting a certain market, but these, I believe, were like two white dudes. Mm -hmm. Who wants to target them, quite frankly? I mean, like, they're not <laughs> making the household purchasing decisions or not. So mm -hmm. point is, and I'm going to land this plane, there are lots of brands out there that care about people of color. And a lot of times does feel disingenuous because they're looking to push the bottom line and it's their target market. Here's the deal. The macro mission for women entrepreneurs is doing something you love and making money doing it and hopefully 100%. making a lot of money doing it because we all know, and it's cliche at this point, but it can't be said enough that money is power, period. It's power mm -hmm. because it gives you the power to choose whatever you want to do with your life. Your end goal is to have your business that you're so passionate about grow and expand and become this media empire for mixed people around the world. And how you get funding for that is going to be through brands and institutions that actually care about this audience. I struggle with this a ton, especially raising venture capital. It's different with brands. Because the brands that come to support iFund Women are giving monetary grants through our platform to our entrepreneurs. And I'm like, hallelujah, because that is our number one core KPI, key performance mm -hmm. indicator, for those that don't know wonky mm -hmm. speak. You know, when Amex comes to us with $2.5 million, $25,000 grants for 100 women of color entrepreneurs, and we're picking the most innovative early stage and we're funneling that money directly to you, that's a huge win. And for me, I'm extremely grateful to our brand partners. There's only, we have a list of brands that we will not work with. Mm. Um, it's a short list, but they're brands that have been very vocally anti-women, anti-LGBTQ. There's so much opportunity for brands to come on and be your partner. And you don't have to have banners. Like we don't have banners. What you're gonna to wanna to do, have you have you created like a sales deck yet or a pitch deck? No, mm-mm. Oh, wow, okay. So I'm like very at the beginning of thinking about money. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna fast track that for you, girl, because TikTok goes the clock and like there's a buying season and we're entering it. 
And I'm excited to tell you about it. So let me just pause for a second. Did anything I say about the brands make you feel any better about taking their money? It did because I think when you said brands care, I've always thought like, oh, it's fake. They don't care. But no, really, like they do care. They want new customers. They want to reach a new audience. So that to me, like that gets my business brain of like, okay, they do care. It might not, they don't maybe care about the, you know, like the heartstrings, but they care about a new customer. So that actually is like a nice mindset shift for me to lock into. So they're not necessarily disingenuous. They care. They just have a different, um, yeah, they just have a different way of caring, which which I can appreciate because they're a business. Yeah. I mean, think about yourself with American Express. For you, like they are trying to get you and your business like locked in on Amex products. So like have an Amex card that you use, you know, use Open or some of their small business services or they probably try to like book you for a commercial. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they want Mm -hmm. you and the Amex family using their products and services because that's how they make money. But like you Mm -hmm. are a new customer for them and they care about you in the sense of like they want you to be their customer there are a lot of really great brands out there and there are a lot of really great people that are behind the brands they're like the humans behind the brands are actually like normal nice people you got to kind of break it down a little bit and the ones that aren't aren't going to come calling the ones that aren't interested in supporting people of color they're not going to be interested and that's fine like it's almost like the cream rises to the top when you start mm. going and looking for these really cool brands. Cool. Yeah. That actually helps a lot that they're not just a big logo. There are people working for them <laughs> that do care about making oh, yeah. a difference. And, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's for sure. Helpful. Are you using any sort of social listening tools for your social media? No, no, I haven't been. Um, and then I'm, I haven't even been tracking the website really because I'm just focusing on like, okay, what type of content, but I'm going to meet with my web developer soon so I can tap into Google Analytics and how can we kind of like start tracking that as well. Oh my God. You know, you have, do you have coaching at iPhone Women? Do you get coaching? <laughs> yes, I know. It's been a lot of, I'll Nikki. be completely honest, the past year has been a lot of like, do I want a business? Do I do I want a business? Yes, I want a business. Do I want a business? <laughs> it's intimidating. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's unpack that because that is so real. Let's unpack that because it's so real because I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. Th- we've known each other for like a while, meaning like your business and my business have been collaborating for a while. I know you're a coaching mm-hmm. member. We have a private session on setting up your freaking Google Analytics. I'm like, oh my God, we could have had this done for her the minute her thing went up. We would have done it for you. I mean, truly, as part of your package. So I'm now understanding there are a lot of things standing in your way emotionally, intellectually, uh, somatically, perhaps, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about do I want a business and do I not want? And I want to unpack that because quite frankly, if you aren't so fired up about having a business and like that fired up thing in your belly isn't going 24-7, I'm going to say, girl, like don't quit your day job, like lean into acting and do this as like a fun side project and know that you're not going to get paid for it. Or like do something like a Patreon where you can, you know, get money every month from your patrons 
maybe get one sponsor who's going to just like keep the lights on and pay you. Talk to me about the discussion you yourself and you have had over the last year. Tell me about the times where you felt like, F this, I do not want a business. So with the grant did come coaching and, and I did speak with, I think it was a score mentor and she, she was lovely, but she kept, yeah, asking me like, how are you gonna make money? How are you gonna make money? And I, and I really, and she mentioned the sponsorships, but then I was, it, it, it is odd. Cause I feel like the idea that's when kind of the doubt started to come in of, okay, can I deliver really amazing content? Can I get a million subscribers on a podcast? Can I get, you know, uh, like millions of people to view? Can I be on social media all of the time? And I, and if I'm being honest, you know, like kind of to your point, like I, acting is my biggest passion and, and I'm kind of going 100,000 miles a minute on that end. And it's both on camera and voiceover, which are completely different just in terms of the business and how it works. So then to add a third kind of bucket <laughs> of being 110% with Mixed Kids & Co., that I don't know if I have the bandwidth to fully, fully dive in. So that's why I've kind of been taking baby steps of like, okay, I'll, I'll get the website looking pretty. Okay, I'll, I'll get the book done. Okay, I'll, you know, think about now, okay, how can I make money? So I don't know. And I think that there, to be completely honest also, I think that there is this pressure, you know, once you say that you're starting something, you have to finish it or you have to keep it going or you have to keep this front of like, yeah, like this thing is, it's growing, it's doing well. And I think I am very proud of what I've done so far, but there is a little bit of hesitation of, you know, like that's a lot to kind of dive into, but I, it I makes totally feel, get it. Yeah. Thank you for like letting me unpack it. Cause I was like, Oh no, like I don't want it to seem like I'm giving up. <laughs> like if I've had these doubts, <laughs> cause I'm not, I don't know. It just might look differently than, than becoming Issa Rae. I don't know. <laughs> Cause I respect her and love her, but I'm not her. <laughs> you are bringing up such, I love where this conversation is going. Because my opinion, I mean, do you want it or not? Maybe. We can unpack this a little more. You just spoke truth to power for so many new entrepreneurs who want to try something, who have a passion. You obviously have a passion for this thing, right? This is you. Mixed Kids & Co. is literally the embodiment of you. And Mm -hmm. that is a passion project. And all of a sudden you got plucked out from tens of thousands of other people because your passion project was super innovative. It is super innovative. And I see it now. Like you were given this grant and you were like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. By the way, you're not the first Amex 100 person to doubt and question because they were going for early, early stage ideas that were Mm -hmm. disruptive. And so... In the early stages, which is quite frankly, the first like two or three years of any sort of project's lifespan, you know, it can go any, it can go any which way. It could die. It could blow up. It could, you could, people don't want to do it anymore. They get a full-time job, like whatever. A million things can happen. And so, by the way, you're not alone. 
one of the other, not just one, but one that I happen to be, uh, have become a little friendly with, when in the middle of the Amex year, when was it, 2021? They gave the awards in uh-huh. late 2020 and they did the coaching 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Between getting the grant and starting with the coaching, she called me and she was like, I don't know if I want to do this business. <laughs> really? Like, should I give the money back? And I, and I talked to her about it and I was like, okay, well, talk to me. She's just like, I'm not going to make enough money at this. I got an opportunity to go back to work full time, but I love this. This is my passion. This is what kept me going all through COVID. Clearly people think it's a good idea. You know, if American Express picked me out of a lineup of a, tens of thousands of women, I'm like, yes, it is. Good. I'm like, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and But she said, she's like, but I don't know if I want to do this for my life like this feels so big and I feel like I would be letting a lot of people down if I like did it took the grant you know got the business going and then decided not to do it in a year or two so we talked through that and I explained to her I said look most startups fail like that's number one that's just the way it goes and don't waste this chance was what I said to her I was like look is this thing like really your passion? She's like, you know, it is. You've seen me everywhere doing this. You've seen, yes. I'm like, great. That's what they wanted. They wanted passionate disruptors. So take the grant money and take that full-time job, by the way. You should never quit your full-time job that is bringing you income and benefits and whatever it is for your entrepreneurial passions. That's just like rule number one. So my advice to her was exactly what I'm saying. Take the full-time job take the grant, start building the business up. And the business was already kind of going strong. And I think she was also feeling overwhelmed yeah, by a yeah. lot of it, which it's hard when you're a one woman band mm-hmm. yes. and you're creating the product. You are, uh-huh. in your case, you, you are the product in the sense of like creating the media. It is a lot. It is a lot. And it's interesting. What ended up happening with this person is Her business blew up so much that she actually opened up a brick and mortar shop for the business. Wow. And is now doing it full time. She took the full time job, but now a year later, she's opened up the brick and mortar. It's doing super well. And she she will tell you she is as shocked as anyone. Wow. But Okay, so I'm rambling a little bit here, and I just wanted to say thank you for being honest about how you felt about taking the grant and putting yourself out there and acting as your first love, and you Mm -hmm. love the content you're producing for Mixed Kids and all that stuff, and it sounds like you want to keep doing it, and it'd be nice to make some money, but like, is this going to be a business that you are going to focus on 100%? No. You want to be an actor. You are an actor. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of... And that's okay. I mean, yeah, and I think it's taken me, like, a while to kind of just... And I think, obviously, I'm still processing and, and accepting. <laughs> like, I loved Mixed Kids & Co., and I think one of my biggest things is I don't want to ask people to work for free. So, like, I haven't, you know, brought on, like, a team of writers or, like, I have one paid intern that I have where I can, like, comfortably pay her. Um, but... But yeah, there there is kind of like this expectation, I think, once you speak something out, especially with social media, that 
that you have to create like this big mega thing. And so thank you for <laughs> normalizing my doubts because it's something I'm passionate about. But I also think I've been paralyzed a little bit of like, I don't think I'm writing as much as I like would if I didn't have this pressure on it. You know, I, I'm making yeah. everything so precious right now. Like, okay, like I have to find the perfect oh, person. It's the to worst interview. feeling. I have to write the perfect article. Like, <laughs> and perfect so is the enemy of done, friend. Yeah, it literally absolutely. is. Perfect is the enemy of done, and that's the one of the biggest things I struggle with as an entrepreneur, whether it's sending out an investor deck or an email to a, you know, an investor or whatever. Yeah. It's my job to keep the company capitalized. So not, not fun at all. My wish I could just be a coach. Like that's my mm. passion. Yeah. Coaching entrepreneurs or people with passions deciding like, do you need to make this a business or would you be so much more in love with it if you made the decision to be like, you know what, this is my passion project. If some sponsor comes along and wants to sponsor the whole thing, that's super dope. But this is my passion project, period. Yeah. And you keep it going. Yeah, that sounds much better to me than than thinking about it as, yeah, trying to – I think I used to be a person who wanted to build an empire, and I think it's something that I would definitely want if it, like, you know, happened – but, but I think, I don't know, I, I want to, as I'm getting older, I think lifestyle is so much more important to me. And right now I think I'm like getting into a groove of like a healthy lifestyle and building Mixed Kids and Co and putting this pressure and like making a ton of money doing it, that to me like isn't actually lined up with like my current value system and like, yeah. Okay. So oh, it's okay to- Oh, being an entrepreneur? Yeah is the worst thing that you can do to your body, <laughs> your mind, your soul, and your family. Uh, I'm dead serious. I, I mean, it's it's unhealthy. And there are so many books. There's a lot of research. It's an unhealthy lifestyle because you're eating like crap. You're working 24-7. You're stressed out all the time. Your cortisol levels are off the charts. You always feel like you're failing. There's never enough money. It's it's so hard, and I'm sp- and I'm speaking truth to power from an entrepreneur who, before I became an entrepreneur, had wealth and privilege, self-made, yeah. but very comfortable. Yeah. It, so it, that almost doesn't matter, right? The fact that I could afford a trainer or uh, some someone to come in and like make nutritious meals for me, which by the way I don't do any of that. I can afford all these things, but yeah. I haven't prioritized that healthy lifestyle because the priority for me, besides for my kids, which is number one, is I fund women and the mm-hmm. women that we serve and the promise that we yeah. made to the world, which I'm glad I'm nipping yours in the bud because I, I part- sometimes truthfully, I wish someone would have kicked me in the tush five and a half years ago. And or said, this is going to be a really hard road and you need to dedicate yourself completely to this at the expense of friendships, at the expense of, you know, not like I'm being mean to my friends, but like, do I see my friends as much as I want to? No. Do I miss a lot of things? Yes. Do I eat like garbage, a garbage pail kid? One million percent. (laughs) Do I exercise enough? No. Do I take vacations? I took my first vacation 
in five years in December. Wow. Where I did wow. not work. And I like, I took like three in the past six months. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I just needed to get out of town. <laughs> so yeah, you're answering your own questions and it okay. doesn't mean you have to give up mixed kids. Yeah. Having that as a passion project is so amazing. You could keep doing it. And maybe if you free your brain up to be like, all right, you know what? This is just a passion project and I just love it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make money doing it, that's cool because I'm making money doing this other stuff. Take the pressure off yourself because then maybe, and again, this is probably not going to happen because if you want to build an empire, you got to work your fucking ass off and focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. This could be something that like just organically for the next 10 years grows into something really valuable. And then somebody Mm -hmm. comes, some media company comes and buys you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, this is helping me like be okay with kind of where my brain has been at for a while because- yeah, I think it's something I, I I tried and, you know, very grateful that I had the opportunity to have some money to work with. And I think I uh, I could have done a lot of things differently with it, but I am proud of what has come out of it. But I think ultimately, yeah, I, I, I think I'm more comfortable with it being a passion project because I've kind of taken the passion out when I start to think about making a ton of money off of it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's ah. really hard to make money. Yeah. It's hard to make money, especially for a new media brand. I mean, you know this. You're, well, you've that's been the in the thing media too. and entertainment yeah. business. Yeah. To create, yeah, you have to constantly like crank out content. And, and I think I'm. And you need yeah, an audience. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. A huge audience of millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. And that is very, very hard, especially nowadays where. Mm-hmm. media is ubiquitous across a million yeah. platforms. And it sounds like your passion is really being able to connect with and have dialogue with and create content amongst other mixed humans and mm-hmm. storytell and yeah. hope to help people who are mixed and feel lost or feel like they can't speak about it or don't feel like they can relate to anyone. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is this is this what you love about what you do? Absolutely. I think it's helped me just on a personal level talking to other people who kind of, you know, live in multiple spaces and I think it's been a really cool tool to have people who aren't mixed kind of, you know, open their perspectives a little bit more and then also people who are mixed to be like, oh, wow, like I'm not the only one who feels <laughs> torn or who feels like I can't, you know. And and I think it's been great, too, to just connect with. I don't know. I think, yeah, mixed people like we think in a different way. We just we just do um, because of how we kind of have to like shift perspectives on a constant basis. So that's been invaluable of just meeting more people who understand. And I think sharing that with others, I'm hoping is helping. I think it is. People tend to be receptive to it. You know it's helping. You know what people say in your comments, actually. You know who's sliding into your DMs. Yeah, Yeah, Of course it is. Yeah. Even if you're helping a handful of people, but on a deep level, when you're in sort Mm -hmm. of the quote-unquote activism space, that ripple effect is, is massive, actually. Yeah. So one other thing I'll just put a bug in your ear about on the whole monetizing front. As you were speaking, 
about your experience sort of needing to code switch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In different scenarios, there are every major company has a huge budget for, I hate these letters because they're just, it's just whatever, D-E-N-I. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Fine. I don't uh-huh. hate the letters. It's yes. just like the whole thing's become no, so yeah, yeah, yeah. marketing-ish. Yeah. Totally. But there are so many people that are making money going in and speaking at Google, mm. at Facebook, at Disney, at whatever, on diversity things or doing trainings. Yeah. That is a massive moneymaker, dude. You have street cred and you can speak and you can write and you can present and you can train. So another way to monetize that's not sponsorships is you go in to these companies, even smaller companies. There are states that are mandating diversity training for companies. Yeah. We don't have a mandate, but and we don't even need it at iPhone Women because we're a majority minority company. You're I awesome. laughed at my head of <laughs> HR. Shout out Jamie, um, who was an African-American woman. She's like, you know, we really should do a DEI training. And I literally spit out my coffee laughing at her. I'm like, oh, are you that's kidding me? So funny. She's like, I know it's ridiculous, but yeah. Even people of color, white people, all the people, it's good to just have a uh-huh. training, even if you don't think you need it. And I was like, you know what? Great, great, let's do it. And we're not obligated to do it. But mm-hmm. yes, and any especially white founders, are you kidding me? Any white founder of any sized company that is a reasonable size, so we've got like 30 people, we're paying for this stuff. We're going to pay for an outside person to come in to our majority minority company and teach us all how to be diverse. I don't know. What are they going to teach? I think what you're offering, what you just talked to me about was the code switching and explaining what it's like to be someone who is either mixed or a person of color or however you want to frame it, Mm -hmm. how people of color need to code switch. And I think that just that talk alone, you could do a TED Talk. I think you should do a TED Talk. This is all, yeah, this is all so helpful and so many good ideas. Because even just for example, like I'm, I don't really like celebrate hard, like, you know, the different months. So, I mean, I love that we have a Black History Month, but I'm like, okay, like we need to celebrate Black people like all year long and every type of person all year long. And so right now for the Mixed Kids and Company Instagram, I'm highlighting different businesses for like Valentine's gifts. So like since it's February, I'm like, okay, like I'm highlighting. And it just amazes me that like to me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up businesses from so many different backgrounds like you know i i'm highlighting people who are like indian american uh there's like a a chef who is chinese and mexican american and to me it's like so easy (laughs) to kind of just like highlight a bunch of different people making sure i'm you know representing the queer community and yeah so i think it could be beneficial to go into companies and kind of break it down in a non- weird icky way like it's not some weird formula it's like you just i don't know like relate to everyone <laughs> the way you would relate to someone all the who time looks like you <laughs> so that is a good idea it's so funny you say that mickey because can't we just get rid of the months i'm like mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm allowed to say that because i'm white don't don't the months bug you because 
and I find women and not trying to be like, we're so great, but we kind of are. We are celebrating. You are. You are. BIPOC female founders 24 7, 365. So, like yeah. when AAPI month comes up and, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month comes up and Black History Month, we do stuff and I'm, and we do it because we're like any other company and we got to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. We have sponsors and people, but I, I, I cringe over it. I'm late to posting our BHM mm-hmm. post yeah. because I'm I'm just like, ugh, enough with the months. But I get why we but I get why people have to do it. So that's yeah. a whole other podcast, a whole other conversation. Totally. But I do think that corporate training could be interesting for you. I also think you need you have a TED talk in that body. I can see it. <laughs> I think that's such a good idea because I think that everyone wants to do diversity, but then it ends up coming out in these like weird kind of like antiquated way that doesn't actually like sit well with the diverse, like diverse community, you know? And so I think, yeah, there's definitely opportunity there to kind of talk about like the nuances and how to do it in a more natural way and not kind of a weird. Yeah. So in order to get those gigs, and again, we're not talking about monetizing mixed kids. Yeah. Because that's your passion project. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in yes. order to, if you want to go in and do your kind of diversity training, which you'll have a cool brand around it, it could be the, under uh-huh. the Mixed Kids brand because that's pretty damn yeah. cool. You should do a TED Talk first. Write your TED Talk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And do you a TEDx. Think do big, a local Karen. TED. It doesn't it. even matter. <laughs> Just do one with good video production. That's the key. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you know that with okay. TED. I did not, no. I can't believe this is where we landed, but this is where we landed. I know. This is like so cool. I feel great. Yeah. Thank you for giving me permission to have these doubts and and, uh, explore some different options. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't feel like I, you know, that's weird. Like you're welcome for giving you permission, but I don't know. You have permission. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. It's just someone needed to like see it and to ask the question. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And also entrepreneurship is really lonely and we are in our own heads going back and forth with decisions. And maybe you talk to friends and family about it privately or whatever, but like to be in this shame spiral about, I don't want to make this my business. I love it, but I don't want it to be my business is a really lonely, scary place to be. And it's like a shame filled place. So I'm happy that I could just pull you out of that shit because, girl, you've created a very cool thing. Also, P.S., you've created a book that is going to do wonders for mixed kids and mixed parents, mixed people around the world. Everyone, go buy that book. And the podcast and the conversations you're creating, you've done so much good. Just keep doing it and doing it as your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay, I will. It's my passion. Yay. Yay, yay. Okay, so uh, Mickey, do you have any final words that you want to say to the people? Thank you, yeah, fans. Yeah, so you can <laughs> – thank you, fans. Um, no, thank you, iPhone Women. I feel so grateful for the community. I found out about it through, like, a short film that I was a part of, and then it created all of these other things. So if you do want to check out Mixed Kids and Company, Mixed Kids and Co., go to mixedkidscoco.com. And yeah, like read the stories, the interviews with people. I have, you know, people from all walks of life. And then also the podcast season one 
is available on the major you know streaming platform sites also called mix kids and co and then the children's book it's called cake mix learning to love all your ingredients it's on amazon bookshop and barnesandnoble.com so yeah check out and on instagram i'm personally at mo mickey m-i-k-k-i and then mix kids co uh also so yeah great and we will link all this in the show notes and um Mickey, I'm relieved for you. Like, I feel so relieved. Thank you, I'm Karen. jealous. <laughs> I'm so relieved for you. <laughs> Listeners, we love you. Seriously, thank you for tuning in. Please tell your friends about the pod. We are no BS here. We are talking to entrepreneurs, people with passion projects, and we're really breaking down like what it's like to have a business. And it's really not easy. And not everything has to be a business. But for those people who are thinking about starting a business or who have a business of their own, tell them about it. Listen in. Rate and review, please. And um, Mickey, thanks for joining us. And we will Thank talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Peace. <laughs>